All right, welcome to the conversation on the TYT Network. We got a great guest for you guys on two super important topics that are coming up. Fight from with the Republicans on a confirmation of women of color. Weird, they're fighting back against women of color. Who would have guessed? We'll tell you their nonsense excuses and we'll tell you what's actually happening. And then they're also fighting the anti-corruption bill. Of course, okay, our guest on this is Ben Jealous. He's the president for People for the American Way, former president and CEO of NAACP. Ben, welcome back to the program. Always good to see you, sir. All right, so at People for American Way, you guys are doing a campaign on protecting women of color that are Biden nominees. Hashtag her fight, our fight. So first, tell us about the campaign overall, and then I want to talk about specifics of the so-called radicals that the right wing is attacking. You look at somebody like Vanita Gupta, and she's a hero. I remember the first time that I learned of her, she had discovered 38 people who had been wrongfully convicted in Tulia, Texas, and brought it to the attention of the world and called in attorneys from across the country to help free them. She won pardons for all of them from a Republican governor. And yet the right wing tries to paint her as something other than the hero that she is. And so we at People 4 thought it was important to really get out there and tell the heroic story of who Ms. Gupta is. So people can understand that she's exactly the type of person who fights against lies, fights against corruption, fights for the little guy. And quite frankly, when you're in front of a of a judge in the United States court, like we're all the little guy. And so that's that's who she is. And we thought we thought it important. We think it important to make sure that the country understands what a hero we have in Biden's nominee to be the associate. Attorney General of these United States. Yeah, so Ben, you might have just answered the question of why are they going after her. She found black folks who had been unjustly imprisoned and freed them. Already they hate her, but that's my take on it. So, but they are calling her radical, which is what they call almost every single nominee. In fact, if they don't call someone radical, I'm like, uh oh, are they Republican? Um, and so uh, in this case, uh, in one of the ads, they're claiming that she's in favor of defunding the police. Now, that seems curious given that police organizations have backed her, but w- w- what's the reality on that? What's so terribly unfortunate is that this is someone who we as a country should be able to take pride and like really across the spectrum. And you see it in who's backing her, right? It's like the 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 attacks, it's like the script is written before they have the nominee. Of course, Ms. Gupta is a uh, you know famous and uh, successful civil rights lawyer. She's also somebody in the process of fighting for the rights of those um, who have been betrayed by our justice system, has earned the respect of multiple police groups across the country. The um, you know what's real is that she wants to make this justice system exactly what it's supposed to be, a justice system, a system that works for everybody, not an injustice system that you know in which poor people and which people of color um, you know find their rights denied systematically. And it's and it's that sincerity in her that convinced Governor Perry to pardon all of those folks down in 
text us because when he listened to her, he realized that she represented, frankly, the best of what this country has to offer. Now, look, they called her, quote, an enemy of law enforcement. They said that she's, quote, an anti-police radical with ties to extremist leftist groups. But then James Pasco, executive director of the Fraternal Order of Police, says, no, she's more than willing to listen to the views of police officers. And and they're backing her. Mark Holden, the former Coke Industries executive and chairman for Americans for Prosperity, said that she was a straight shooter and had many more compliments. Bill Crystal has compliments. But actually, Ben, that makes me worry. Wait a minute. The Fraternal Order of Police guy who worked at Coke Industries, Bill Crystal, how could she have worked at the NAACP, worked in the Civil Rights Division under Obama, and still have these right wingers? Backing her, saying no, she's great. I'm actually now a little concerned that she might not be progressive enough. We have to remember what the work is in the civil rights community. When you're working on the ground and you've got to reform a police department, right? You go back 10 years, the Obama administration, when you know folks like me were in the streets seeking to outlaw racial profiling, like you know racial profiling in cities like New York. As a civil rights organizer, that was my job. She was at the NAACP Legal Defense Fund or in the administration. And her job was to actually work with the police chiefs and the police leaders to get consensus between them and the community to make sure that bad practices stopped, that people stopped getting abused. And that that tradition goes back to Thurgood Marshall himself. When you're a frontline civil rights lawyer, you actually have to work with all parties to try to figure out a solution and it's gonna make all people safer. Similarly on criminal justice reform, the way that we've gotten bills passed is typically to give the activists on the left to work with the activists on the right because criminal justice is like the one thing that we've been able to, re- to, to agree on again and again as an end run around the moderates in the middle who've been bought off by the prison industrial complex. In both parties. Mm. And so mm. what you found, right? I mean, what, back in 2010, 2011, when we were, for example, passing bills down in Texas, passing bills in Georgia to shrink their their prison systems faster than people were able to do in states like California or New York. Right? It was it was New York later got around to dealing with the old Rockefeller drug laws, but you look back in 2010, they were still in full effect. What what the way we did that was we listened to the Tea Party, and what we found was this. They had fiscal conservatives. Well, that was an easy argument to make because the, the, you know, the bloated prison spending was, was wasted. They had religious conservatives who were running prison ministries. What they understood that we often forget is we don't just have the most incarcerated black people on the planet. We also have the most incarcerated white people on the planet. And in each case, we're destroying families unnecessarily. And then you had libertarians who were actually on issues like drug law reform, kind of right there, been with us for a long time. And so it's important when you're an organizer, when you're a civil rights worker, to not just focus on what you disagree with people on, but even if you disagree with them on 99 things, if you can find the one thing you can agree on, to go get that done. Yeah. And that's actually what the people count on civil rights leaders to do and civil rights organizers and civil rights lawyers to do. 
Yeah. No, what Ben is saying is really important, and and it actually goes to a larger issue, which is that the so-called moderates in Washington are not actually moderates. They they're just the most pro-corporate legislators, both in the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. And when you get to real right wingers and real left wingers, there's actually surprising agreement on some issues. On some issues, on some a lot of disagreement on a whole lot of issues. Yeah, on some issues. Yeah, on some issues. And and in this case, the the people that are leading the the charge are the judicial on the right wing. The bad guys in this case are Judicial Crisis Network, Heritage Action for America, and Americans for Public Trust. All ironically named. But um, but Ben, I love this irony. They're saying that Vanita Gupta is part of some sort of cabal of dark money groups. That are pro corporate that are going to take over the Biden government. Now, I would be very interested in that because there are some folks who are pro corporate in the Biden administration. It's not impossible, etc. But it turns out they just they just made that up completely. <laughs> like, no, absolutely. So- I mean, Vanita Gupta is literally one of the most courageous civil rights lawyers still active in this country. Full stop. I mean, to to go to Tulia, Texas, when you're in your twenties. As a young civil rights lawyer, and take on the entire machine, and then to go into the halls of power down in Austin, into a Republican governor's office, and make the case that 38 black folks who had been just completely railroaded deserved a pardon takes a tremendous amount of courage, but also conviction and clarity. And that's what they're afraid of. They're afraid of the fact that she's that good of an advocate. Well, as Americans, it's those types of advocates who pull us together. You know, the day that Rick Perry pardoned 38 black people who had been railroaded, who had been denied justice in his state, it didn't just free them. It kind of freed all Texans for a moment to remember that at the end of the day, we want the same basic things for our family. And one of them is the belief that if they're going to a court of law, they'll be treated fairly. Yeah, now of course is the great irony that Judicial Crisis Network and Heritage Action for America are dark money groups. <laughs> so they're just- Massive, they're, massive yeah, dark money groups. They're massive. so brazen, they accuse her of being backed by dark money groups. She's not, they actually themselves are dark money groups. There's just no bottom to that barrel. And and so that brings me to Shirley Sherrod. So she's part of this campaign that you guys are putting together with Color of Change, another excellent organization that actually gets so much change for Americans. So Ben, I want to show a little clip that you guys have with Shirley Sherrod, and then and then we'll talk about it. Let's watch that first. I am Shirley Sherrod. Ten years ago, the far right twisted my words in an effort to destroy my career. Now I see them doing it to Vanita Gupta. We cannot let it happen again. The people, Vanita Freed and Tulia, thanked God she made their fight her fight. As Associate Attorney General, she will fight for every American seeking justice and fair play. Now we need to make her fight our fight. So Ben, I remember covering the Shirley Sherrod case situation 
and ripping every hair I had out of my hair when the Obama administration basically let her go. It's like, no, it's a smear. What are you guys doing? What are you doing? Um, and so I love that she's become a, a bit of a hero in in fighting back against Republican smears, and and that she's working with you guys on this. Uh, and so, what do you think? Has the Biden administration learned from the Obama administration's mistakes on that? As as now it appears, the main people that they're targeting in the opposition that they're showing to cabinet nominees are almost all women of color. Yeah, I hope so. I know I did, and the uh, and I know Secretary Vilsack did as well. And what's so important, quite frankly, with somebody like Shirley is to lift up her voice. You know, Shirley really represents the the best in our country. Um, I'm a beneficiary of her grace. I I messed up in that situation. I apologize to her right away. We've worked together ever since, and along the way, we discovered that her husband, Reverend Sherrod, and my mom were involved in sit-ins together when they were teenagers in Petersburg. And so, you know, the as organizers, one thing that Shirley and I understand is, quite frankly, how precious um, a voice like hers is. Somebody who really has survived the depths of segregation at its most violent and fought back again and again and been so resilient. So I reached out to her and I said, look, you know, we all know what's about to happen. And she's like, I'm all in. And really feel just wonderful that Shirley has has helped us at People For pull together a a range of women who are now standing up from Kathleen Turner to Mary Frances Berry to Dolores Huerta. All joining forces with Shirley and with people for, because we know two things. One, the the GOP makes it their sport to do, to destroy the careers of women of color, and two, that they're not just going to stop after this nomination process. That they're gonna stay at it. And so the hashtag her fight our fight. We'll be using that hashtag. We'll be organizing that campaign throughout this administration because we understand the first challenge is to get these great women in office. And then the second is to make sure that they're actually able to do their job. Yeah, and look, for the right wing, in my opinion, if you're wondering why they're fighting, what other than Javier Becerra, pretty much all are women of color. And you look at the record and you just can't understand what the what they're talking about. Look, radical progressive, I would love it. <laughs> I would look forward to it in the Biden administration. We haven't gotten any yet. But I think that for their base, just the fact that they're women of color is good enough reason to call them radical and and go after them. I mean, it's such it's so absurd, Ben. They're now criticizing Javier Becerra and, and Vanita Gupta's being pro-choice. What were they supposed to be? Uh, anti-choice in a Biden administration. I mean, so how? Like, bottom line, one last thing on this before we move on to the HR one is so important. How do you deal with absurdity? How do you? How do you like? Are we trying to convince Republican senators to to not vote against them, or do we just not care? I I, I vote for not caring, but but are you probably more diplomatic about it? <laughs> well, I mean, look, I'll tell you this. You know, I I cut my teeth as an organizer and as an investigative reporter in M- Mississippi. 
And one thing I learned as an investigative reporter at the Jackson Advocate, the little newspaper that could, that kept getting firebombed in the 80s and 90s, your last firebombed in 98, was that when in doubt, just follow the money. And what you see with these Republicans is that the same moneyed special interests that support groups like the Judicial Crisis Network are the same ones who support the politicians that are you know, pushing through pro-corporate nominees and frankly fighting against anybody who might actually stand up for the people of this country. And, and, and that's where I kind of dig in and fight. I deeply believe that our country has a great future. As an organizer, I understand my responsibility is to help make it come that great future come faster. And right now, um, the whatever they say in Washington, whatever you know that Republican senator who's attacking one of these nominees is saying is the reason. What's really the reason is that they got moneyed special interests in their ear saying take them out. Yeah, no, that's just the reality of it. So speaking of moneyed interests, that brings us to HR1 and what's now being called For the People Act. Passed in the House last time around, passed again just recently, and will now go to the Senate where we're gonna find out what the Democrats are gonna do about the filibuster. So for those who don't know, Ben, you're about to testify, and we're talking Monday night, you're gonna testify Tuesday when folks are seeing this interview. So. Tell us what's in the bill and and why you're testifying on behalf of it. You know, this bill really would have been the culmination of John Lewis's life. This is what he fought for. It's about getting money out of politics. It's about making sure that people can vote unencumbered. It's 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 a companion with the Voting Rights Restoration Act. HR4 and together what they make is for is is really the protection of voters across the board in our society and a federal pushback against the horrendous voter suppression we're seeing happen now in about you know almost 3 dozen states about 33 states and so that's the purpose of this bill is really get money out of politics protect the voting process stop the voter suppression and you add that up with HR4, the Voting Rights Restoration Act. And what you'll see is a, a democracy that's much better functioning. Yeah, so uh, look, there, there are a couple of absurd lines of attack here. Uh, number one, uh, the Republicans charge that this will lead to more people voting. Okay, I fail to see how that's a charge, uh, <laughs> seems like a, that would be in favor of a bill in a democracy. And of course, they go to the well and they go with claims of voter fraud they have never ever proved, including in over five dozen cases that just happened. Well, actually, not only have they never proved them, whenever they've endeavored to honestly investigate them, they've proved that they were wrong, right? We saw George W. Bush go through that, we saw Republican. Uh, governor in New Mexico go through that. Like they will make these outlandish claims, and then they'll hire somebody with some integrity to go investigate them. And then every time it's proven that you literally have a better chance of being struck by lightning in the same place twice, attacked by a shark, or believing that you were abducted by a UFO than actually witnessing a a case or even finding a case of prosecutable voter fraud. 
Yeah, no, they scoured the entire country for just one case they could blow up and make it, you know, mislead people with. They couldn't find anything for, for in a giant presidential election. Every right wing judge said, no, you have no evidence at all. The only case that sticks out to me was the guy in Pennsylvania who got arrested for voting for Trump twice. So, and by the way, almost every voter fraud case in the last 10 years or so that we have covered has been Republicans doing voter fraud. Um, so, and, and so that's, and, and in fact, you said legitimate people that investigated. Trump, after 2016 election, put Chris Kobach in charge of investigating. He's not even legitimate. He's a crazy radical right winger. Super uh, crazy. And he couldn't find anything. He couldn't right. find anything. And so, um, so th- that. Other than fraud though, which is they just try to get the media to call it 50-50 without any evidence. That's their tried and true method. Do they have an argument? What's their argument against more voting? What's their argument in favor of more financing of from small donors rather than giant corporate donors? What's their like to stand on, if any? Their concern is that they'll lose. That's their concern. Their concern is that in order to win, they would have to moderate their views or appeal to more people. It was 1980 was the last time that white men by themselves essentially could choose who would be president. Ever since then, the parties have had to create bigger, more complex coalitions of voters. And the the far right wing seems to have reached their limits. What they really need to do and what they're going to have to do eventually is just simply decide to actually deal with democracy. And that means they they may have to actually moderate some of their views um, and stop relentlessly attacking the rights of people of color, women, uh, and frankly, people, you know, and poor folks. So Ben, real quick, almost no time left, but a prediction, the Democrats and the filibuster to, to pass this act. This has been the issue that I've been most convinced they would end the filibuster for. We have to secure our democracy. And if that means returning majority rule to the US Senate, it seems like a pretty good reason to do it. 100%. All right, Ben Jealous, President for People for the American Way. Thank you so much for joining us, really appreciate it. Thank you, sir.